It all started with a dream. This is so stupid! I've been waiting my whole life for this. <laughs> I got some things to say. Slowly dying, but uh. hey, we all are. <laughs> Good morning, Back Row Radio. I'm Matt. And I'm Mo. And you're streaming the morning side hug. Completely loving, socially awkward, and decidedly Christian. We are a Back Row Morning Show exclusively on BackRowRadio.com. On today's show, are masks the mark of the beast? Ooh, plus the latest news, random facts, and more. But first, it is August 25th. And we have a holiday to celebrate. It's National Secondhand Wardrobe Day. Hey. Hey, hey. This is how I got all my clothes <laughs> when I was a kid. I ain't even about to lie or be ashamed of it. <laughs> how many times have you bought an item of clothing only to wear it once or twice and throw it away after years of collecting dust in the back of the closet? Sadly, the answer is too many times. Thankfully, there's a movement taking place in America that could help save us from our wasteful selves. National Secondhand Wardrobe Day on August 25th. Buying clothes secondhand and donating your used clothes creates a positive cycle that is crucial for cutting back our waste. Unfortunately, there's a stigma surrounding secondhand clothing stores or thrift shops, but it's time to bring this to light and talk about why it's so flawed. Secondhand shopping saves you money, has a positive impact on the environment, and if done correctly, can certainly lead to a closet of some cool duds. So on August 25th, head to your favorite thrift store and get some new old threads. So there was there was a time in my life where I thought, gosh, secondhand clothing, that's gross. Ew. And it can't possibly last very long. Ew. But in my mind, I also had this weird mindset of clothes only last a couple years. Mm-hmm. And then I've realized uh, through looking at some old pictures, mostly like when tracking like weight loss and how I yeah. looked 10 years ago and all this kind of stuff. I have a lot of t-shirts that I still wear in regular rotation outside Yeah, that I was wearing back then. And they look Darn near the same, maybe yeah. slightly faded with whatever images on them, but that's that's it. They're still a good quality. There's a couple that have fallen apart slightly, but not to the point where I wouldn't wear them uh, for one thing or another. But I mean, that's a T-shirt. That's mm-hmm. like that's like bottom basement thrift shop clothing. It's true. It's have some of the nicer clothes, dress shirts, and things. You know, there's plenty of stuff that could last a heck long time oh yeah go through through decades of use or at least at least a decade of use yeah so there's nothing wrong with it and it's a lot cheaper a lot cheaper growing up my pastor's youngest daughter they had four daughters and their youngest callie she's four years older than me and she was always very trendy, very fashion forward, mm. always bought all of her clothes from Express and American <laughs> Eagle. And getting Callie's clothes, a bag of Callie's clothes was like Christmas to yeah, me. I'll every bet. single time. <laughs> every time. And to my mom as well, because she knew Megan just got a whole new bag of clothes. I don't have to go buy her anything. <laughs> For a long time. Yeah. Yeah, yep. yeah, it's a it's a good deal. It's yeah, a good deal, guys. I try to do the same with our kids to this day, to yeah. this very day. I'll just throw so in. So Mila's a... wearing all of Topher's old clothes. <laughs> <laughs> no, not exactly. Not Some exactly. things you just can't hand down. 
Yeah. But it is fun to, we've got a couple girls within our friends group who are just a little bit younger than Mila. And so I'll see little outfits that I've handed down to them. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's a Mila dress or that's a Mila <laughs> shirt. So it's nice. It's kind of nice to see them reliving. Nice throwback there. <laughs> well, speaking of throwbacks, the last blockbuster in the world no. has been turned into an Airbnb Hey, as a fundraiser, I think, or something. It's still around and it's still open, but they've they've created a a '90s throwback living room with a TV and uh, the old Blockbuster logo over the TV. But they got all these '90s throwbacks and a pull-out bed couch. That's really whatever. cool. And that's the whole thing. And then they've stocked it with snacks. So, well, let's just read the article. Okay. Like Altoid sours. Oh, I remember those. You remember those tangerine sours from Altoids? Oh my gosh! Came no. in that little tin. They were the best thing on the planet. Mm-hmm. They never should have stopped making them. Don't remember. And them. iPod classics. <laughs> Blockbuster is now just a relic of the 2000s that faded into history during the Obama years. The once ubiquitous video rental chain is down to one remaining store in the entire world, located in Bend, Oregon. However, it's quite obvious that the manager of that location, Sandy Harding, knows exactly what she has the keys to. A paradise of mid-aughts nostalgia. According to a recent ad listed on Airbnb, Harding has converted a portion of the store to a fully functioning living room resort, replete with pull-out couch, TV, uh, and the TV, if I'm not mistaken, is a standard definition TV, like size-wise. It's not widescreen. It's how you would have had it back in the late 90s, early 2000s. Unlimited snacks, unlimited access to the store's full catalog, like you can literally just walk around the store, pick whatever you want to watch, which is brilliant. Uh, <laughs> the space is officially dubbed end of summer sleepover and Harding is offering up for uh, offering it up for three one night stays in September that are available exclusively unfortunately to residents of the, the whatever the county there and I can't pronounce it uh, the county of Bend Oregon uh, internet flippers uh, kindly see yourselves out uh, <laughs> The listing makes it clear that the three lucky parties limited to four people each uh, night uh, will have the freedom to romp throughout the whole store, blast music, play any video game or movie that they'd like, and the cost is just $4. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) That is the cost of your stay and all the usage and all the snacks and everything. Four bucks. It's essentially a giveaway to make up for the lack of regular visitors the store has gotten since COVID-19 took off. The Airbnb ad even encourages brave guests to play Bloody Mary in the staff bathroom to summon a ghost that's rumored to haunt the premises. You remember that game? Uh Uh-huh. Saying that three times in the mirror. Don't say it anymore. Already said it once. Uh, But unless you're one of the Lucky County's uh, near 200,000 residents, this is just for spectacle. But for those who meet the geographical qualifications, uh, booking the request for those three available dates, which are September 18th, 19th, and 20th, well, it's already over. It happened back on August 17th, uh, beginning at 1 p.m. But rest assured, the people that won this lottery uh, of a lifetime will make it worth their while and get to stay up. They have to stay up, right? All night to enjoy it all. You shouldn't go there and go to sleep. No. It says here you at least have to stay up till 5 in the morning 
then get a couple hours of sleep before you go home. But I mean, that's a night. That's a night you're going to spend. Absolutely. <laughs> I think the listing might still be up. Let me check. Yeah, so the listing is still up for the end of summer sleepover at Airbnb. If you want to Google search that so you can see all the photos. It's really cool how they set it up. Uh, do you see this photo here? Look at that. Uh-huh. That's, that's I'm actually, it's, it's, I went and looked at it. Yeah. Went and looked it up. Please be kind and rewind. This like. <laughs> and they have like throwback looking snacks too yeah. in there too. So maybe, you know, maybe this is why we didn't actually move to North Carolina. Maybe we're supposed to move to Bend, Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> For nostalgia alone, Blockbuster, man. Uh, I miss Blockbuster. You know, some of my best childhood memories was most weekends like on a friday night we would go and i get to rent two movies that was always the deal you get to rent two movies or one movie and one video game you yeah know, you get two things yep but like every now and then it was a big deal that i get to convince my mom to let me get three like there was one time i wanted to get all three back to the futures yeah and watch them all in a row and she gave in and like that was a big victory for me and the coolest weekend ever. And I watched the whole thing twice. Yeah. You know, that weekend. Really neat. And I remember the other thing I remember was Mario Kart sixty four had come out for the Nintendo sixty four. Yep. Mario Kart had come out. Our store had three copies. And I needed it. And so I was calling like every day, do you have a copy? Do you have a copy? Because they would hold it for you yep. for thirty minutes. Yep. If you called and they had it, they'd hold it. Like, do you have a copy? And they said, we don't, one time they said, we don't have a copy, but it's supposed to come in today. The deadline was 5 p.m., you know, yeah. to return the video or, or whatever. And so my mom and I went up there 4.30 and we we're waiting. And they didn't show up until like nearly 7. Wow. But my mother stayed there. And Aww. waited with me. And I was so appreciative because then we got that game. My bedtime was like at 8. Yeah. So we got home. I got to play it for 10 minutes before having to go to bed. But then that next, that whole weekend, played through the entire game, unlocked every course. It was so much fun. Yeah. So much fun. I mean, those, those are memories that our kids don't get. No, they don't. Those were, those were such nostalgia-impacted moments. Now, almost everything they do is limited to a screen in their house, yeah. like in the, the the phone or the, you know, computer. That's all they have. Mostly phone nowadays. Yeah. You know, that's that's where every memory they have is made online. Yeah, it's not a go to a physical place, do something. I will say browsing browsing the aisles, looking yeah. up and down every video. I think out of my three children, Cannon would my middle kid he would have survived the 90s he would he would be a 90s kid yeah. really well because out of all three canon is the one who will come to us he'll spend a good hour searching different movies he googles them he figures out what he wants to watch roughly googles it then looks it up on the TV, and if it you have to rent it or on Amazon yeah, yeah, Prime yeah. or whatever, he'll come to us and he'll say, "I have this much money. Can I rent this movie for you know three ninety nine? Yep, absolutely. <laughs> so that is his like little taste of blockbuster, if yeah. you will. But the other two are like, eh, if it's not on Netflix, I'm not watching it. Right, and that's kind of the mindset we're all getting into. Yeah, because um, we even uh, the the most recent. In between was Redbox. Yeah. And they're still around, but very few people are using them anymore. Yeah. And, yeah, it's just sad. It's a bygone era. Mm-hmm. 
Redbox is a brilliant idea too. I feel like that's an idea I had too when I was younger. I'm like, why can't we have just like a vending machine with your movies? Yeah, but, but I, I, I feel out. like Redbox. <laughs> Even more so, honestly, even more so than Netflix or Hulu or Amazon Prime Video, whatever. I feel like Redbox was when all of our video stores really were done and over with. Yeah, because essentially they accomplished what a whole video store does. Yeah. Because most of the money that most video stores made were on new releases. Yeah. And this was just a box that focused on new releases. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, when they got into, like, the newer video games as well, in them, yeah, I feel like that was when they just, all right, well, yeah. we took all our business. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, we still don't see that for video games yet, really, like an online That's service. True. There's a couple, but they don't have, like, all the games that actually come out to consoles. Yeah. Uh, and so that's one thing that I do miss. We had a Hastings here that they had a lot of video games. I remember renting a lot of video games like for the Wii and stuff on that. Mm-hmm. So you could tell if you wanted to buy the whole thing or not instead of just having to roll the dice. Yep. Let's see how this works. I miss Hastings. Mm. Um, you know, this just hit me. We were in Italy. We were overseas when Blockbuster actually like ended. Yeah. The reign of Blockbuster. And so we were already, really the only way that we could rent videos was Redbox. Back in the day when you would order them online, they'd mail you your four discs for the month and then you'd send them in, Mm -hmm. you know. So we left the States thinking, well, what are we going to do now for movies and, you know, this and that. It's one of our family's favorite pastimes is to watch movies together. Yeah. What are we going to do now? And then Redbox came along and we're like, oh, awesome. This answers our, our question and our our worry. And then we come back to the States and there's no more Blockbuster at all, period. And we're <laughs> like, what happened? <laughs> the world has ended and we were in Italy. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I remember we had, the, we had a Blockbuster here in our town. Uh, here that I remember when it closed. I remember how big of a deal it was. Yeah. Like they had moved and built an entire building for this blockbuster. Like it was that popular and it was recent. Yeah. Like within that last 10 years, they had built this building in the mall area, uh, really big, had a lot of stuff. And then one day it was just gone. Is it the Plateau building now? Which is now AT&T building. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That was full of movies. And it was a great place. Man. It's sad. That is sad. And it's, it's sad. like the perfect location. Taco Bell, Wendy's, Red Lobster, everything's right there. Mm-hmm. Man. And the mall. Yeah. It was always great. You'd go to the mall, you'd hang out, and then you'd grab a movie on your way home. Yeah. And yeah, your weekend's made then. That kind of thing is gone. Malls are going to be gone soon. That's the thing. Like That was our childhood. (laughs) Friday after school, go hang out at the mall for a couple Mm -hmm. hours, run by Blockbuster, get something from Taco Bell or the fast food place, (laughs) and then you're home for the weekend. It's good. You've Mm -hmm. you've done everything that you need to do. I I also liked part of the nostalgia aspect with the movie movie chains was you go and you get your movie, but you also buy like your popcorn and your candy, and yep. you make a whole home theater experience out of that. Mm-hmm. You can't do that not in one place anymore. Now it's a you want to set up something like that, and it's a big to do. Are movie theaters 
making bank now? Movie theaters right now. Well, not the right ones, now. The ones, no, I mean like right now. Movie really? theaters right now that are open are playing older movies. Yeah. Which I think is cool. Yeah. Because there's a, I mean, they're playing anything from like the last couple of years all the way back to like 1985 stuff. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're playing all kinds of iconic movies that you didn't ever get to see in the theater. And now you can have a cool theater experience. I like that. Right. And so they're, they're finding a way to stick around. But I feel like I feel like movie theaters in general, outside of COVID, are still doing relatively okay. Yeah. Uh, depending on the kind of area that you're in. Right. Um, but, I mean, look at ours. We live in a small town, and for a while it was struggling, and then it took off. They built three new, three new uh, screens onto it. Mm-hmm. They upgraded all the seats and everything, and we're still making money. And then even now... With COVID, with it mostly shut down, yeah, they're not selling or anything. They're they're ready to go, ready to open up as soon as they can. Yeah, so I think they're doing okay. They gotta yeah. be. They're still building them. I know that. It's true. <laughs> I was just wondering if taking away the home theater experience and two, because that le- like that led to the surround sounds and mm-hmm. the big screen TVs. IMAX. Oh well, and- yeah, that. But IMAX in the theaters. No, yeah, but at home, yeah. like having the home theater true. experience, you had your surround sound system you know and yeah I, I can remember that being a big deal big deal yeah big deal making sure you had the good speakers anyway so taking away that accessibility to having the in-home theater experience with with renting videos i just kind of wondered if that made the actual theaters kind of make more money brought, I think so. brought back the experience of that i think it has uh mainly because what i said like you know they have the imax now or the right. xd the really big what's they still pull the 3D stuff every now and then, which is all right, depending on the show. Yeah, I don't like uh, 3D. But, uh, I mean, it's... Gives me a They're headache. hanging in there. I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it gives me a headache. Depends on the movie. I feel like it only really works for me if it's an animated movie. Really? Yeah. Mm. I don't like it in a real life movie. I don't... If, like, if there's a Marvel movie... I say real life, but you know what I mean. Actual actors. If it's a Marvel movie... I don't want to watch it in 3D. It's going to make me sick. Oh, but see... But if it's like Despicable Me 2, I enjoyed that in 3D. So we watched the live-action Lion King ooh, in 3D. Ooh, ooh. No, I loved it. You did? Those like Jurassic World. Yeah. I mean, technically Jurassic that's World, an animated movie Jurassic too, but World. I don't <laughs> Would you consider that animated? It's I all guess computer it's animated. Live yeah. action. It's live anime, action, though, but right? yeah, it's it's made to look real, but none of it was. There yeah. was no shooting location or nothing. It was That's all true. computer animated. <laughs> I think those are more of what I go for when I watch a yeah? 3D movie. Okay. So I remember the last like classic 3D movie I saw. It was the only one, and that was you know with the red blue uh, lenses. Oh yeah, know? that was a. Uh, Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Yes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Deidre and I, Deidre and I went. We had no interest in seeing this movie. Yeah. I did not know anything about that brand of movie, the Spy Kids and all that kind of yeah. stuff. Had no idea what the heck it was. But it's because it was the first like 3D movie we had seen come in theaters, and we're like, this might be our only chance to see one of these. Yeah. Because it seemed to be brought out just as a gimmick. To mm. use the 3D thing. Yeah. So we went and saw that. And then like two years later, this new version of Real D 3D or whatever mm-hmm. came out. Now everything's 3D. Yep. But uh, yeah, I don't even remember that movie. It was awful. I know that. My kids love Shark Boy and Lava Girl. They're coming out with a new one. Really? Mm-hmm. 
You know, so the movie itself actually isn't a bad movie. It's, I just, yeah, I just don't care good. about that. Yeah. I, I mean, we were, I think, almost in our 20s at the time. Yeah. Close to it. Mm-hmm. No, mid, eh, somewhere around there. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. Spy Kids movies, I've seen them all. They're not bad either for yeah. that style. I just, not. I don't care about You just wait. Eli's getting to that age where those, those are the things that he's going to start finding cool and interesting. Mm. And then you're like... Oh, really? What I think is weird is the very violent adult spinoff from Spy Kids. Really? Do you remember Danny Trejo's character? No. He was Machete. Oh, yes. And then they made a movie where he played a character named Machete. (laughs) What was the name of that movie? It was Machete. Was No. Yeah. Was it really? Uh Uh-huh. It was just about him. But I, I mean, I don't, I don't it think like it was whole... supposed to be his character okay. from Spy Kids, but it was the same name and the same actor, and so it looks like it's a spinoff. It just felt like a spinoff, a but very... it really wasn't actually. A... <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> okay. I hope not. Ugh, very different tone, not comedic at all. Mm-hmm. All right, well, keep it here. Binge watching with Jesus is coming up next. Not with Jesus, for Jesus. <laughs> Jesus hasn't been watched. Binge <laughs> we... watching for Jesus. We're yes. taking care of it for. Him. Oh. And when we come back, you thought normal candy corn was bad. Stick around. Did you sleep here? Only for a few hours. Guess where Rich is from. Couldn't have been crazy town. You'd have gone to high school together. Santa Fe, New Mexico. Nobody gets out of Santa Fe without learning how to make a pot. 45% Hispanic, fifth highest Native American population. They eat and breathe clay there. I think some of this research may have been done on Wikipedia. You're mocking me? You. No, 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 fine, 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 go ahead, mock me. Oh, Jeff, you're gold-blooming. Gold-blooming? <laughs> I, uh, I, I don't know what that means. So, look, I have work to do before class because I'm going to catch Rich when he slips up. In episode 19 of season one of Community, we see Jeff, Winger, Annie, and Abed join the ultimate blow-off class, Beginner Pottery. You don't even have to make a good pot. People pass it in the hallway and get a contact credit. Of course, what Jeff didn't expect was to be in that class with somebody who seemed naturally talented. Jeff Winger has always been the most talented one in the room, and now he's finding himself bested. And more than that, Jeff is terrible at pottery. He's never been terrible at anything that he can remember. And in fact, he's been reinforced with the idea that he's probably one of the best people, just, you know, ever. A lot of us are like that. We have a very successful life. We're good at a lot of things. Sometimes we're naturally gifted in a lot of areas, and then we find something that we're terrible at. And we usually find that out when we try it next to somebody who actually knows what they're doing and just realize how far behind we really are. And in situations like that, admit it, that's when your green-eyed monster comes out because you think it was supposed to be you. Jeff became obsessed with proving that Rich, the doctor, who was naturally gifted, wasn't naturally gifted, that he was an expert already. And you know what? We find out at the very end, he was right. But that doesn't matter. The lesson here is not about what Rich can do. It's about what Jeff can do. If he's bad at pottery, what does that really matter? 
In 1 Corinthians 12, verses 14 and then 16 through 18, the Bible says this, For the body of Christ does not consist of one member, but of many. And if the ear should say, Because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? As it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. God blesses us all with different gifts, different talents, different ministry focuses. Just because we all can't do the same thing doesn't mean we aren't important. In fact, it means we are vital to keeping the whole body of Christ properly working. So even if your mother fudged a bit when she said you're one of the most special kids on the planet, just remember this healthier truth. You're going to be great at a few things, but really crappy at many more. And that takes a lot of the pressure off. Subscribe to Binge Watching for Jesus on Spotify and make sure that you catch new episodes every week right here on Back Row Radio. back to the morning side hug back row morning show here on backrowradio.com i'm matt and i'm mo and let's kick off this portion of our show with five random facts when the apollo 11 astronauts returned to earth in 1969 they were quarantined for 21 days to prevent the transmission of any contagious any contagions they may have carried back from the moon however buzz aldrin noticed ants creeping through a crack in the concrete suggesting that microbes could also get in and out yeah, when they talk about quarantine, it's not the quarantine like we get in our own houses. They were literally like in jail yeah. for 21 days in a solid enclosed jail. <laughs> I mean. Just get back from the moon and you got to pay for it. That, for their families, that would be awful. Yeah. That would be terrible. Yeah. The word dude comes from the word doodle, as in Yankee doodle, meaning fool or simpleton. Mm-hmm. So. So when I call you dude, I'm saying, hey, fool. It's an insult, yeah. Hey, fool. Hello, you simpleton. (laughs) The Irish word for ladybug, ladybird, is... mm, (laughs) I don't know how to say it. (laughs) Boinde or something like that. Uh, Yeah, but the accent above the O is what's getting me. I don't know how to say it. It means... God's little cow. Aww. <laughs> That's kind of cute. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to figure out how to say it. Uh, in 2013, Looney Tunes revealed that Yosemite Sam's full name is Samuel Michelangelo Rosenbaum. <laughs> and Elvis Presley once flew from Memphis to Denver and back in one night for a fool's, go- fool's gold loaf. An 8,000 calorie sandwich made from a hollowed out loaf of bread filled with an entire jar of jelly, an entire jar of peanut butter, and a pound of bacon. (laughs) That's disgusting. And that is why he gained so much weight in those later years. (laughs) I mean, that's fair. That's how he would eat. Fool's gold loaf. 8,000 calories. Goodness gracious. All right, guys. It is, speaking of food, Junk Food Tuesday. And we've got a list of new and upcoming junk food. Uh, coming your way. Okay. And then we're going to finish it off with a taste test. First up, Dum Dums, which is a candy with, you know, sucker that's been literally the same for decades. Millennium? I don't know. Long time. Well, they're doing something new. Trying something new. They're coming out with flat fusion suckers. 
uh, which are essentially a branded version of their mystery flavor. Because, you know, the mystery flavor is made when one flavor and the next flavor in the rotation kind of meet in the right. yeah thing. So they're kind of branding this. They're making mystery, uh, well, not mystery flavors, but they're making uh, pineapple orange, berry lemonade, strawberry kiwi, and caramel apple flavored flat suckers. Strawberry kiwi is the only one I'm not interested in. I hate, well, I don't understand strawberry kiwi. I don't like it That's at a all. pairing in a lot of things. I know. I don't know why. I'm not a fan. Anyway, those sound nice. Mm-hmm. I like to see their take on a caramel apple one. It wouldn't have actual caramel on it like those caramel pops, which oh are, my gosh. oh my gosh. The good. best lollipops ever, period, dot, hands down. <laughs> End of discussion. All right, next, Keebler. <laughs> Uh, Keebler Fudge Stripe, which that's the name of the cookie, so they still have to keep calling it that, even when they don't have fudge in them. They're coming out with a maple cream version. That sounds good. Which could be nice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, more cookies. Uh, Oreo coming out with Java Chip cookies. Coffee-flavored creme with chocolatey chips in there. And they're also coming out with a maple cream golden Oreo, which they've had before, but it's returning. Uh, so it's a lot of maple. We're getting a little bit more maple every year before the pumpkin spice, mm-hmm. which is weird. I'm okay with that. Uh, coming soon, chocolate hazelnut Oreos will return to the U.S. Nutella flavored. Mm. I mean, not branded Nutella, but that's the flavor. Do you like Nutella? We have I this love Nutella. I thought, yeah. Dipping Oreos in Nutella. One of the best things in the world. Mm. Uh, Mountain Dew Voodoo 2 Mystery Flavor. The original voodoo flavor last year was candy corn flavored, though most people thought it tasted like Skittles, which is a weird switch up. Mm-hmm. But that's coming out this year. New flavor. Uh, I think it's a contest. It's like if you guess it, you send in a thing, you guess it right, and then they make a drawing out of all the people that guessed it correctly and they win a prize. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. Mountain Dew's also coming out with Southern Shock, a tropical punch flavored soda exclusive to Bojangles. Never eaten at a Bojangles. Oh my gosh, Matt. But it's good. I've heard good Bohangales. Bohangales. That, that is how us North Carolinians who true, truly know the wonderful, amazing majesticness of Bojangles. Yeah. Bohangales. <laughs> um, so Chris and Topher, Bojangles is like my favorite hands down chicken restaurant. Really? Ever. Okay. Hands down. This whole Chick-fil-A or Popeye's argument? No. Watch yourself. Watch yourself. Mm-hmm. No. Going to get us letter writing campaign. Listen, it's Bojangles, people. (laughs) Now, I realize not everybody gets the opportunity to eat at Bojangles. So that's the only reason that they they don't have a a dog in the fight. But Chris and Topher, while they were there in North Carolina for that full week, Chris introduced Topher to the amazingness of Bojangles. Yeah. Topher said, it's better than Taco Bell. Ooh, and that's your family's all-time favorite restaurant. Uh-huh. Wow. They ate in a week's time. Ate Bojangles four times. <laughs> in a week's time. They yeah. ate at breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Wow. Okay. And Topher had the Southern Shock Mountain Ooh, Dew. okay. Said it was amazing. Yeah. Amazing. They've, they've come out with um, Tropical Punch flavored ones before. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the the main one was a Mountain Dew Typhoon, but it was a part of that initial like expansion of their flavors, where it was a uh, for su- all summer we'll have these three flavors and you get to vote which one we keep. Yeah, and they kept the Whiteout. Okay, which was I just that. that kind of half Sprite, half Mountain Dew. Yeah, which was the least 
good. Good, in my opinion. Yeah. But the Typhoon was great, but my favorite was the distortion. Mm. It was like a... It was like normal Mountain Dew, but they amped up the sourness in the lime flavor. Okay. And it was great. It was a... It was kick butt. Yeah. It was so good. And yeah. we've never had it again in any version. Huh. It makes me Interesting. sad. Anyway, Mountain Dew, they got... It's like Mountain Dew and Doritos just won't stop coming out with flavors, mm. <laughs> which I guess is fine because they're, they're bosom buddies. Ben and Jerry's cookie dough chunks, frozen bits of the stuff that they put in the ice cream. Uh, they, they came out with you know those last year. Mm-hmm. Now they're coming out with a gingerbread and a cinnamon bun flavored version, little chewy chunks. Yeah. And you can actually bake them into cookies if you'd like, little mini cookies. Really? Mm-hmm. Or you could just straight up. Pop them in your mouth and enjoy them. Wow. Uh, Easter 2021, we've got a cereal and candy white chocolate Easter bunny coming out that's filled with fruity pebbles. The first question would be, why? The Mm -hmm. second question would be, why not? No. (laughs) You don't think that would be good? I think that would be good. White chocolate, fruity pebble flavor all throughout it. I I think that'd be good. Okay. But see, that's not how I that that's not how I envisioned it. I envisioned biting into the oh, and just having fruity yeah. pebbles spill out <laughs> like it's a hollow bunny. Yeah, it's full of fruity that's, pebbles because <laughs> it said filled with. That's true. That's that is a bit misleading of a term, but it's it's a part of the candy. Okay, it's inside the candy. Okay, <laughs> that sounds a little better to me. That would be messed up. Because a hollow ch- white chocolate bunny just oh just pouring out all yep, over. Oh, exactly. It just broke. So you said the first <laughs> question is why, cereal. and the second question is why not. I was thinking the first question was why, and the second question is how. Like <laughs> this doesn't make any sense to me, but I get it now. <laughs> oh gracious! All right. Uh, Act two, popcorn. It's coming out with a llama party popcorn. It pops up in the color blue, and it tastes like cotton candy. Okay. Another one of those why things. Why? It'd be fun for a girl sleepover, I'm assuming. That's true. (laughs) That's got to be the main draw. And keeping in that same theme, Kellogg's is coming out with unicorn waffles, which taste like cotton candy and are pink. Uh, Mermaid waffles, which taste like blue raspberry and are blue. And birthday cake waffles, which taste like birthday cake and have sprinkles all in them. What's weird is that they're all coming from Kellogg's. They're all waffles, Mm -hmm. but they are Mm -hmm. not branded under Kellogg's waffle brand, Ego. They're just Kellogg's. So it makes you wonder, like, what exactly is it? Right. What's the why? Why? Everyone knows the name Ego. Everyone trusts it. That is the the synonymous with waffles brand. So why wouldn't you say Ego mermaid waffles? Ego unicorn waffles? I don't understand, but it makes me suspicious of it. it. Don't be suspicious. (laughs) Don't be suspicious. Yep. Uh... The pumpkin spice continues. Vive hard seltzer is coming out with a hard seltzer pumpkin spice flavored. I'll be trying it. That sounds, uh, I don't know. When I think pumpkin spice, I think of something like thick and rich. I don't want it to be a seltzer. It just doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me, the flavor. You know what I mean? No. A light, a light, bubbly pumpkin spice. I don't want yeah. that. Ugh. 
Especially, ooh, yes. Especially <laughs> because October is such a bipolar month. Sometimes it's warm, sometimes it's cold. True. And so you want the flavors of fall and the flavors of, of October, but you don't want the heaviness when it's super hot outside, when it's 85 degrees. You don't want the heaviness of a pumpkin spice latte and... True, but this is a hard seltzer. Doesn't alcohol make you warm? Uh, if you have too much of it. And in that case, we might need to have a talk, friend. I so okay. I, I'm not a drinker. I don't know. Yeah. Not for lack of trying. I just can't. I don't like it. See, and I can do. I'm one and done. I just enjoy the taste, yeah. the flavor, and that's it. Like I could do that with like a, a hard lemonade. Yeah. Like one is enough. I wouldn't want to binge them. Exactly. And not because I'm worried about anything, but just because it's not that good that yeah. I just want to, you know, pound a six pack of them. <laughs> it's a nice adventure, but I don't need to go on a journey. It's a nice treat every now and then, <laughs> but it's not our whole diet. Um, but I feel like that's the same way with a, a hard lemonade. It's going to be the same. Yeah, I guess you're right. Maybe. It's Pumpkin just, spice. I, I attribute citrus to, you know, clear and bubbly. Which I get more of. I don't I mean, really that's attribute fair. a squash. Can... <laughs> They're going to have spaghetti squash flavor <laughs> next. <laughs> but hey, there's watermelon. And technically, watermelon is a squash. Is it? Yes. No. Watermelon's a berry. No. It's technically a berry. Google that. I want to talk about the next one. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Uh, next up, Duncan Hines layered decadent puddings. Okay. They have a chocolate frosting and yellow cake layered pudding. A cranberry. No, wait, I'm sorry. I'm jumping the. Not cranberry. Ugh. Salted caramel and chocolate brownie, which, yes. And vanilla frosting and sugar cookie. What is a watermelon? A berry. Yes. So are cucumbers, cantaloupes, Squash and pumpkins. Cucumber's a berry, too? That's what it says. And squash is a berry? Get ready to have so, your fruit-loving so. minds blown. Watermelons are berries, and so are cucumbers, cantaloupe, squash, and pumpkins. Okay, so maybe you weren't really technically wrong. They're in the same family. Watermelon is definitely related to squash, then. Mm -hmm. But they're all berries. Mm -hmm. That's. I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like knowing that. <laughs> yeah. That's that's what it says here. All right. Well, puddings could be good. I don't know. I don't like to play with around with pudding. Uh, but the last one here, which I was really hoping to get for a taste test for today, but <gasps> I could not find them anywhere. Maybe in the future. Maybe in the future. <gasps> we'll see. Puke. Oh, my gosh. Branches turkey dinner candy corn mix. Candy corn in the flavor of green beans, roasted turkey, cranberry sauce, ginger glazed carrot, sweet potato pie, and stuffing. Some of those I can see working. Cranberry, probably. Ginger glazed carrot, probably. Maybe even sweet potato pie will work. But stuffing, roasted turkey, or green bean flavored candy corn. Can you imagine? No, I'm, I'm... I'm hoping you won't have to imagine. I'm, I'm genuinely hoping one day. holding back my vomit right now. 
I'm not even kidding. Like, I've got goosebumps. It is like... Just hearing it is making my stomach turn. My, I can't. My first foray into taste testing, uh, I did a podcast in college called The Hard Blogcast. It was part of a blog that we were doing with a couple buddies. And uh, we got a hold of a Jones Soda Thanksgiving pack. It was five sodas. The flavors were turkey, uh, roasted salmon, green bean casserole, sweet corn, and cranberry. Sweet corn and the cranberry were fine. That green bean casserole and then the salmon one. Life was over. I bet. I wanted to die in those moments. I mean, I feel like with salmon, <laughs> it would essentially be drinking ocean water I and mean, not in a good way. No, not at all. It was terrible. Like, getting to the turkey was a treat. I bet. <laughs> Compared to those two. Green bean casserole was awful. It was really hard not to vomit. We did have spit buckets for all four of us that were trying all these. But, ooh. Yeah. So, I'm really hoping to recreate that and find this bag of candy corn. <laughs> but that's not our taste test today. Our taste test instead is... So... Sweet corn Pringles. Here we go. Sorry. <laughs> I had to get my video rolling for our video version that we'll put online. Sweet corn Pringles, everybody. Uh, we saw this in one of our recent uh, taste, or not taste tests, but recent Fast Food Tuesdays. I say recent, probably a couple months ago. But I found these at Walgreens. We're going to give them a shot that could be very good. Could be just meh. I don't think they'll be terrible. Don't, I don't expect it. Oop, here it comes. Here it comes. Oh, once you pop. <laughs> the fun don't stop. <laughs> right, how's the smell, Mo? There is no smell. It smells no, like Pringles. What? Come on. Really? I'm you can't serious. smell? I smell corn. Really? Yeah. Take a big whiff. It's mostly Pringle, but there's a hint of corn in there. I smell it. Okay. Give this a shot. Each Pringle is one carb. So. Really? I think. Oh, Wow. Holy cow. <laughs> Opposite of the smell is you really taste it. The second I put it in my mouth, I was... Okay. I don't hate it. I like it. But I taste cookie. Oh, you're right. Do you taste cookie? Kind of like a sugar cookie. Yeah. Which is throwing me off. It's the sweet aspect of it, I'm assuming. I, it's butter. That's is what that it what is. it is? Okay. It's butter. It's very strange. That's what I taste. I taste butter. And most sugar cookies, that's like the biggest ingredient. Aside yeah. from sugar and sugar flour. Sugar and butter and both are going to be in this. Yep. Yep. Mm, that's It's throwing it off for me. It's not bad, but I don't think I would ever buy it to enjoy. Okay. So... When I was in middle school, one of my best friends, her name was Melissa Wilson. She lived directly across the street from the middle school. And so every day after school, we would walk over to her house and hang out. Our after school snack, always, I don't know why, we were in middle school. 
Our after school snack was a can of corn. (laughs) We'd open up a can of corn, dump it in a big old microwave bowl, one for each of us, butter that thing up, salt and pepper, and then eat that can, that bowl of corn for our after school snack. Looking back on it, Mrs. Wilson, I'm sorry. They were probably for your dinners. Right. Yeah. That's that's usually a side dish. <laughs> yeah. For for a meal. Exactly. <laughs> but this is it's taking me back to middle school after school days. You know, <laughs> this was my after school snack. You know, I do that a lot as an adult. Like that's that's often a snack for me. Really? Like just an entire can of corn. Like I've done that for years. Cans of corns and cans of sweet peas. Those have been snacks for me that I enjoy. But I don't do salt and pepper on my corn. I do seasoned salt and butter. And, oh boy, really good stuff. I'm a fan of the Pringles sweet corn. Yeah, they're not bad. I took them away. They're, do you well, want another one? Uh, I don't want another one, but our friend Hillary has requested <gasps> a small stack of them. So I'm going to save some for her. Whatever. But, uh, yeah, not bad. Not bad. Limited time only. Uh, if you want to find them, I think they're still at Walgreens for a little while. I'm impressed. I like them. Yeah. It tastes like it's supposed to taste. Mm-hmm. I just don't care for it. I like them. But I'm sure a lot of people would. I just keep thinking of cookies. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, not, not bad. Not bad. Not bad at all. Uh, keep it here. We've got our weekly poll coming up next. And when we come back, our face masks... The Mark of the Beast. Stick around. Welcome back to the Morning Side Hug, a Backroom Morning Show here on BackrowRadio.com. I'm Matt. And I'm Mo. We uh, took to Twitter and had a poll for some reason, and I never was able to discern why. Apple juice was trending on Twitter a couple weeks ago. I'm hoping it wasn't for a dirty reason, as typically tends to be the case on Twitter when it's some obscure thing that you have no idea why it's trending. But uh, it was overtaken, at least largely in part, by people determining whether or not apple juice was the best juice. So we took to Twitter and we asked you, what is the best juice? And we gave you four options. Okay. Apple, orange, grape, or cranberry. Uh, what do you think was the number one? Uh, Probably grape. I'm saying grape. Nope. Really? That was number three. Really? Mm-hmm. Orange? Orange juice took the number one spot, 31.9%. Grape Cranberry was twenty one point six. Cranberry, of course, was last sixteen point two. But it's my number one. Oh, I love, really? I love Ooh. cranberry bah, juice. Bah. Not by itself. I could do like a cran grape. Mm. I like that a lot. Nope. That ocean spray. Just cranberry. Cranberry getting in all the other juices. I love cranberry. You got their grape. Let's call it cran grape. Go fifty fifty. What do you got? Mango cran mango. What do you got? Pork chops cran chops. Ew. Slow down, cranberry man. <laughs> Banana man's waking up in the morning. Man, I ain't into nothing. It's true. Gotta get on the stick. Uh, apple juice came in at 30.3. 30. 30.3%, so in second place. But I'm upset with this because apple juice is apple juice. Grape juice is grape juice. Cranberry juice is cranberry juice. Orange juice is not what you think it is. Okay. Because when you drink 
store-bought orange juice, you are drinking zombie juice. Because okay. when you when you like freeze and concentrate orange juice, it completely loses its flavor. And so to make it taste like orange juice, they put perfume in it. They put an artificial orange flavor into store-bought juices to make it taste like orange juice. So what you're tasting is not even what you're really drinking. It's messed up. How do we know that all the people who voted on our poll aren't... Don't hand squeeze. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Because nobody wants to do that, Mo. It's a lot of work for a little bit of juice. I can agree with that. <laughs> My poor kids had that realization this past spring, summer, early summer, late spring, where they were squeezing juice, squeezing oranges. They had the bright idea, let's make homemade orange juice. <laughs> had one orange each, and they thought, we're going to get a whole glass. <laughs> squeezed and squeezed, and they're like, an inch. This is all. <laughs> yep. That is it, my friend. Takes like a whole bag of oranges for one gallon. Yeah. Or half gallon. Half gallon. gallon. I don't yeah. even think Goodness it's a full. gracious. <laughs> but yeah, orange juice, I guess. Whatever. Y'all are so basic. Uh, we've got... We've had um, a lot of weird conversations in our time. <laughs> but this one is, is, a, is a top tier. There is a lot of people, a lot of Christians who are making the case that wearing the mask is the mark of the beast. Mm -hmm. And if not, that's the mark itself. The next case is it's training for the mark of the beast. But we want to debunk these things a little bit here today for you in case you're worried. Well, what if the mask is the mark of the beast? I'm having to choose to wear it. So let's just... Oh, we're also going to kind of talk about it this time, whether or not we're in the end times, whether like this is where it's happening. Like, I mean, literal end, like few years and we're done. Because if we're getting the mark of the beast anytime soon, well, there's specific sequence of events that has to happen. So let's talk about this. If you haven't run across these people, please count yourself fortunate. Yes. <laughs> I feel like we can just stop our conversation there. But yes. here is why. Here is why people convince themselves that the mask might be the mark of the beast. One reason and one reason only. They're mandatory to go into stores. Yeah. Because one of the key things about the mark of the beast that we hear about from people who have interpreted Revelation and how it's going to unfold is that you will need it to buy and sell. Mm -hmm. Okay. But... The mark of the beast is not going to be something that is removable. It is something that is permanently on you. Most people assume it's going to be a tattoo, but it will be visible and it will be permanently on you. So it's not something you can take on and off. But also, it's not true that you need a mask to buy and sell. You need a mask to go into a store, but most stores are bending over backwards to provide you with delivery options, pickup options, any other kind of options. A lot of these places and restaurants and stores never even offered that before mm -hmm. and are now offering it and making it a part of their standard moving forward. Right. And to sell, you can sell anything you want. Anything. You can open a garage sale right now. You don't even have to wear a mask to do it. Mm -hmm. So that's not the case either. Has nothing to do with allegiance either. The mask, while we're pushing it as, yeah, you know, save your friends, save grandma, wear your mask kind of thing. It's not, 
wear your mask to honor Antichrist. Right. You know, it's not something like that. So the question then becomes, is it a harbinger? Is it, is it, is it, is it something that is signaling the mark of the beast is on its way? Is it training us to be submissive? And that's the more common theory, that this is training for us to submit, which is what's coming for the mark of the beast. Have you heard this before? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think about this theory? I have a lot of a lot of thoughts. <laughs> oh, I think. I think a lot about this theory. I think I never realized how anti this is not a word. Anti submissive. That's not a word, is it? It might be. Sounds like it could be. I've never realized how unsubmissive how against submission <laughs> Christians are. Yeah. In 35 years, in well over in 26 years of being Christian, being <laughs> saved, being a Christian, I've never realized how unsubmissive the church is. Yep. Until this very second, I. It, <laughs> it's. Um, that's where my thoughts are, Matt. Yeah. Sorry. We're. Uh, one of the things that irks me about Christians, uh, including you know myself in the past and at times, is we are so intertwined with the uh, America idea that we think we have rights, mm-hmm. but we translate those into spirituality, not just you know like the rights afforded to us by our country. We tie them in with biblical rights. Mm-hmm. Of which we have none. Jesus takes our rights away. We are now submissive to him. Mm-hmm. And so we should be well aware that, yes, as Christians, we're going to be uncomfortable. But it's our current need in America to be comfortable. We want to be the dominant force in America. Yeah. And that may have started well, off in a good place if we want to spread Jesus and all this. But now it's we want a stronghold. We want to, it, it's almost seen like we, we feel like we're fighting back for Christ in a lot of these instances where really we're just protecting our own comfort. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. And that's a lot of what I see this mask business being. Yeah. We don't want to be uncomfortable. Like there was a, a meme I think that came across our group of uh, comparing trials to from, you know, acts in the Bible or whatever to... Um, today and it's like you know Stephen got stoned and Peter was hung upside down persecution 2020 masky ouchie <laughs> I mean it's not the same thing guys it's yeah. really not so but let's specifically we're talking about is this a harbinger of the mark of the beast let me tell you why I don't think you need to worry about that there is a whole host of things that have to happen first, according, according to most biblical scholars who focus on the map of the end times events laid out in Revelation in pretty much any interpretation. The mark of the beast comes way past a lot of other very big, very obvious worldwide events. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's go through a few of them. Uh, one, there will be a worldwide earthquake that will destroy a large portion of the planet. Mm-hmm. 
and this will happen as the moon turns to blood. There will be a man seemingly from nowhere in another part of the world, not from America, who quickly rises to power and forms a worldwide one government. We will have one currency. We will have uh, one religion. All of these things will be established. And things that there will be people who fight against, but they will be the common thing and most people in the world will go along with it. There will be an event that happens with this leader where it appears that he dies and then rises to life again three days later and claims to be God himself. Mm -hmm. All of that happens before the mark of the beast rolls around because the mark of the beast is you declaring your loyalty to this fake God who calls himself God, who has power beyond any man on this earth. And that mark of the beast is loyalty to him and the regime that he creates. So do you see how you can't be tricked into accidentally accepting the mark of the beast? Right. It should be plainly obvious, but if not, there will at least be several signs that, hey, that could be the Antichrist. He's claiming that he's the Messiah that rose from the dead. Right. I mean, there's a lot to look for, but we, we're, we're so caught up on this thing. And I think it's because, for some reason, they have, people have it in their idea that they can be tricked into the mark of the beast. That they can accidentally get it. And it, it, that's not how the Bible lays it out. The Bible lays it out as a definite choice, something that you know you're making between the real God and between this world. Mm-hmm. It will be a plainly obvious choice to everyone. No one will be tricked. They know what they're going to get into. Every single person. And so, again, this is by most of the Bible scholars, any interpretation, whether you're pre-rapture or post-rapture, a lot of people believe Christians won't even be here when that happens. Right. We'll have been raptured at the beginning of this seven-year period or longer period and we're not even going to be anywhere near the mark of the beast. It's never even going to cross our paths. Mm-hmm. And so the, the other thing, though, that is making people worried is microchips. Because the theory has arisen that the microchip would have to be a part of the mark of the beast to buy and sell. Because it would need to prove that it was a genuine like tattoo or image or whatever. Because you know, if it's a tattoo, you can fake a tattoo and mm-hmm. tend your way through it. But... You could have that and then have a microchip under your skin as well to prove that it's genuine and buy and sell that mm-hmm. way. It would act like a credit card. And we've had people talking about that kind of stuff for a, the last decade or so in very serious fashion. Oh. Moving your debit card chips or whatever to your hand. Yeah. Well, I know it's always been it's always been a theory. There are well, sure. but tons I mean, it's, of people it's who are... It's coming into prominence of possibility now. Right. Well, I mean, there there's... A, Tons of people who are against vaccines, and I don't mean just anti-vaxxers, because not every anti-vaxxer believes this aspect. But there are tons of people who are against vaccines because they believe that when you receive that vaccine, you are receiving a microchip microchip of some sort. And that's come up a lot with this COVID thing, is that there's there's conspiracy theories going around that don't get the COVID vaccine, they're going to put a microchip in it, and that's the mark of the beast. Yeah. 
And that's kind of where this started. Yeah. Like, ugh, you won't get, you can't get tricked into the mark of the beast. Yeah. You can get tricked into getting a microchip in your skin. That's not the mark of the beast, though. Right. It's an outward sign, but it could be part of it. But I can understand the worry about that in general. Having I don't want to get a, a secret microchip in me. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. But you don't have to tie it to the end times. Right. To be outraged about it. Yeah. <laughs> Because that's just confusing me. It's scaring my mom to death. I have a conversation a week with my mom about why, no, this is not the end of the world yet. There's a whole lot of stuff that's got to happen. And if that stuff starts happening, I'll let you know. Yeah. <laughs> but here's, a, here's another thing that, um, that has worried people is that recently... Donald Trump accomplished something really cool in the Middle East, a peace treaty. Mm -hmm. This is one of the things that's supposed to happen in Revelation. And they're saying, see, there's a peace treaty with Israel over in the Middle East. We're getting peace in the Middle East. You see, end times. Let me tell you why this is not that peace treaty. Okay. That peace treaty is supposed to be literally with all of the Middle East and essentially with all the world, the world, one world government as mm -hmm. well. This is between Israel and the United Arab Emirates only. It's not including like Iran. It's not technically including Palestine. Uh, a lot of those Middle Eastern countries, not a part of it. Mm -hmm. It's just between UAE and Israel. There is not a seven year time limit on it. It's not the peace treaty from Revelation until... It couldn't be the peace, peace treaty from Revelation until every single Middle Eastern country joins in. So please don't worry about that either. You hear the word peace treaty in Israel and you, you know, lose a little bit of sleep. That's not it either. The thing that's supposed to happen with Israel is that it is supposed to be attacked by a, a, a foreign power, like mm -hmm. a, a powerful enemy, like bombs and stuff dropped on and everything. And God will protect it in biblical fashion. Yeah. Not a single life will be lost in Israel. And the attacking force will all perish. With like Israel won't even get to fire back. Like mm -hmm. God will take care of it. Right. And so that's supposed to be like the first thing that happens that signals, okay, we're getting into this now. Mm -hmm. Like before the rapture, before anything. When something like that happens, some miraculous... Uh, act of war that got turned around and Israel was completely protected. That's when you can start worrying. <laughs> Pretty much all revelation scholars agree. Something like that's going to happen first. Right. The other thing that we need to remember is that America is not going to be a significant player in the end times. We think of America as God's, you know, this is God's country. Yeah. Yeah. We were founded on Christian principles. Nothing in Revelation implies that America or anything outside of really the Middle East and the Russia area are key players. Mm -hmm. If anything, most believe that we are the referred we are the thing that's referred to as the whore of Babylon. Like we're gonna be the bad place. <laughs> America and I can see that. Absolutely. Because we're definitely heading in that direction. Absolutely. We're going to be the country that immediately folds to this new world government. Yeah. <laughs> I can. Absolutely. Yeah. 
So, I mean, just it's it, we're not going to be none of the big events are going to happen here. We're just all going to be like, yes, we agree. We will go along with this. That's what America is going to do. And all the big things happen everywhere else yeah. in the world. <sighs> we won't even be the first people to get like the, the mark of the beast. We'll see that rolling out across the Middle East long before it even gets here. Yeah. You'll have plenty of notice, guys. That's what I'm saying. Mark of the beast, long way away. Masks are not it. Microchips even probably aren't it in and of themselves. Right. But, I mean, cause, you know, Elon Musk also has that other idea. That Neuralink goes in your brain. You make phone calls through your brain. You play music through your brain. All kinds of crazy futuristic stuff that he says he could have ready in 10 years. No, thank you. <laughs> that's, yeah, I mean, that's the other thing. That's the other key thing that you know this is in the Mark of the Beast. One of the things in, that Revelation talks about is that most of the world will go along with this. Right. Left, right, center, you have most people saying, heck no. Yeah. Heck no to microchips and even heck no to mandatory vaccines for mm-hmm. COVID-19 or things like that. Mm-hmm. There are some things like childhood things that people make the case for. It's probably split 50-50-ish yeah. about whether they should be mandatory or not. But that's because it's like, you know, it's measles and smallpox and things that, you know, killed everybody a long time ago. This... COVID-19 hasn't even been that. Yeah. COVID-19 has been no smallpox, has been no measles. Those were real plagues, not pandemics, plagues. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but like COVID-19, you know, there's been rumor about making them mandatory and, you know, that might happen. I don't know. But most people are against it. Not, not many people are going along with, yeah, let's make this all mandatory. Yeah. Uh, and that's not going to be the case with the Mark of the Beast. You're going to have a few people who are, you know, like believers at that point and a few other like religion, religious folks uh, of other religions who are going to be against it. But the vast majority of people still around at that time are all in or at least in enough that they'll do it, you know, confused enough that they'll make that decision and like, okay, I want to buy and sell. Mm -hmm. So I'll get it. So just... Stop freaking out and stop freaking everybody else out. My mother cannot take it is what I'm saying. That's what this whole section is to save my mom (laughs) from all this stress that you guys are putting on her. My brother is to blame. My aunt is to blame. And everybody on the Internet who's pushing this garbage is also to blame. All these fake news articles, all this garbage going around saying, oh, don't you dare do this because it's the mark of the beast and you'll go to hell. Stop it. So here's the thing. Do I think that current times are preparing a way for the end times? Absolutely. Yes. Uh, do I think that 100 years ago, current times were preparing a way for the end times? Yes. Absolutely. 100%. But at the same time, let's stop being so terrified, especially believers. This is my call to you. Let's stop being so terrified and let's find the hope in it. Is it scary? Is it unknown? Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, we know quite a bit. We have the last book of the Bible that we can look to. We have the entire Bible to look to, to give us hope and to give us assurance for what's to come. You know, we don't have all the answers. We don't know the timeline. We don't know the date. 
But we have faith and we have trust in the one who loves us more than we can even begin to comprehend. And furthermore, he knows our heart. He knows our intent. He knows even even if there was some crazy way that you could accidentally take on the mark of the beast, he knows your heart. He knows your intent. When, when the Bible says nothing can take you away from God's love, that implies nothing will. Very true. <laughs> so, I mean, that, I can't imagine you being tricked into, and you know what? The Left Behind, I'm sorry, I know I'm coming no, you go off, ahead. but just, just from that point. The Left Behind series tried to tackle what Revelation would look like. And there are right. some scholars that you know say, well, it, may, it might not happen in exactly that order. And of mm-hmm. course, there's a whole group of people who believe the rapture comes at the end of the tribulation, not at the right. beginning. Whatever, that being the case. They tried to tackle this idea of what would happen if somebody was given the mark of the beast against their consent. In this time also, though, Christians could see a mark on other believers. And that is something that most scholars believe will happen too, that mm-hmm. there will be a sign among believers to tell who is who. Yeah. And so that also appeared. It appeared as like a, a 3D image kind of thing on your forehead. Mm-hmm. There was a character in the Left Behind series that was drugged and given the mark of the beast. Mm-hmm. And he worked for the global community government or whatever. And so what was weird is you could see the mark of the beast, but you could still see the mark of the believer mm-hmm. underneath it. And so they played with this idea of what would happen if something like that happened? What would God do? And their conclusion was eventually God would remove the mark of the beast. Mm-hmm. And so they used that character as being able to infiltrate the you know the government from the inside because everyone believed he was loyal because he had right. the thing. And then eventually when it had eaten him away so much, he fled and went to you know pre- the the priest not the priest but the you know the the leaders of the the community that was hiding the Christian mm-hmm. community and asked for them to pray and remove it and that's yeah. what they did they prayed over it and removed their hand and the the bad seal was gone the good seal was still there yeah it's it's an interesting theory to talk about mm-hmm. but what it underlines is their belief and my belief too is that you're choosing this mm-hmm. you have to choose the mark of the beast, and to follow that in order to be separated from God. Mm-hmm. And if you are already sealed by God, I don't think that will be possible right. at the time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Continue what you were saying. I'm sorry. That... Is that mainly... I mean, just... There's, that, no, there's nothing can. There's nothing throughout, that can. Throughout all of this, through... And, and you know, even... Uh, what? 20, 50, 100 years into the future? Who knows what God's timeline is? But let's hold true to the characteristics of God. He is gracious. He is loving. Is he vengeful? Absolutely. Absolutely. But he does not look on us and not know our entire thought, process, intent, heart action of every decision that we've ever made. He is not going to look at us and say, oh, you accidentally bought into that lie. Sorry for you. You're going to hell. That's not God's characteristic. Right. That's not, not how he is. Not when you have already accepted that salvation, already fallen under his grace. Oh, you got tricked by this thing, though. So Sorry for you. Darn. Yep. You didn't know this was a continuing test. but Yep. That's just not, that's not how God is. Yeah. That's not who he has proved himself to be for generations upon generations. So find the hope in it. Rest assured that God isn't changing. He stayed the same. 
for centuries. He's going to continue being who he is, and he's in control. Yep. Let's place our hope in that and stop freaking out about Absolutely. masks. And, you know, you mentioned that like 100 years ago, you know, we were heading toward that direction, too. Right. Even when the Bible was written, they thought, yeah, Jesus will be coming back in my lifetime. Yeah. I mean, this is, it's been now 2000s years of us getting closer and closer to this kind of thing. And sure, mm-hmm. it might look like things are falling into place. But again, I've laid out so many more giant worldwide events mm-hmm. have to happen. Another thing that has to happen that I forgot about is that the, the Jerusalem temple has to be rebuilt right. on that site where currently the Islamic Dome of the Rock sits. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine what it's going to take to get that to happen between those two religions? It's going to be rough. Mm-hmm. There's a lot, a lot that has to happen, guys, long before Mark of the Beast comes around. So please just take a breath, trust in God, understand that, yes, while we need to be wise as serpents and gentle as doves, we need to trust in our God to take care of us. We are already sealed, whether or not we can see it on each other's foreheads or not. We are already sealed by God. We have given our lives over to him he is in control now that's the whole submission aspect of Mm -hmm. this we have submitted to him he's in control and he will protect us he is a a faithful lord in that manner Mm -hmm. (sighs) glad to get that off my chest there you go (laughs) now you can breathe my mother emails me or texts me one more article and says is this real so I just might lose it I just might lose it (laughs) Keep it here, because we'll be back in just a bit to share something that we love. We'll also share the verse of the day and send you on your way. Stick around. back to the morning side hug as our show is coming to a close for the day but first i want to share with you something that i love this is a a, a redemption moment because i'm going to say like six months ago i was on the complete opposite side of what i'm about to say and that is the host of our radio station uh live 365 the company itself when we first joined the reason why we joined with live 365 is because it's an awesome service the idea behind it is that they take care of promotional payments that the uh There are companies called ASCAP, BMI, uh, CSAC, SoundExchange. These are the companies that take care of the royalties that go towards the artists that we play on our station. Make sure that they get paid for every play. But navigating those payment systems is extremely time-consuming, extremely difficult, and extremely expensive. They have worked out deals with all of these companies to do kind of like tiered levels and they handle all the reporting. They handle the payments or a part of our, you know, our monthly account costs. They handle all the hard stuff for you. So you can, we can just have this awesome online radio station without the major headache, headache, headache of licensing. And that was the that was the deciding factor of why we went here. There are other companies that that help you put on online radio stations. Some with cooler features, but. They will not handle licensing for you. And so that was the, that was the cutoff. Live 365, when we joined, was fantastic. Uh, had a lot of great things. And they were working on, though, pretty much through our first uh, year and a half, working on a new system. 
They were building from the ground up a new online system that was supposed to be better in every way. They rolled it out and it potentially looked great, but had so many bugs and it was taking them so long to fix it. Our station was broken for several months in many fashions. We were repeating songs. We were going off the air randomly. It was very, very confusing and very painful. Mm -hmm. And I feel like they did a disservice. And I don't know if it was even possible, but they didn't do a beta test. They didn't like have a small group of stations to roll this out on and test it. They just, tomorrow morning, you're going to wake up and it's going to be a whole new system. And because it was so buggy and it was taking so long to get fixed, we were ready to leave. I was ready to, and we, I'm pretty sure I announced this on air. Like, we're, we're getting out of Dodge. We're going to another company. I'm going to take care of the licensing myself. I don't care how difficult it is because yeah. I can't stand this. This constant problem after problem. They'd fix one problem and another one would be caused by it. Like, it was awful. Because of COVID, I feel like they got to sit down and focus. Well, hey. Because they have really pulled it back. There are still a couple issues, but they're really minor issues. All the big things have been fixed. Uh, I think you might have heard this a little bit better on the station as well. Uh, the mix is a little bit better. One of the, pro- one of the main problems that, that just recently got fixed was Auto DJ. Uh, because Auto DJ, for some reason, would it would double play songs like every 15 minutes. There'd be a song, it would play in its entirety, and then start over again and play in its entirety again. And it would happen like every time I turned it on to listen. I'm like, oh, I cannot take this. That is something that will immediately make someone turn it off. Right. I don't want to hear that again just yeah. now. I heard it already. I don't want to hear the same dang song. And... Uh, they would also not shuffle the songs well enough. Like it would, for some reason, stick to one artist, and that would bring that artist in every two hours or so. And it would, but it would do that with multiple artists. So you just hear kind of like a rotation of twenty artists, just different songs from them all day. When we have hundreds, right? And it would do that in kind of a loop every day. It would be a different set, but it would only be those twenty or so. Their their randomizer was broken. They fixed that as well. The mix is much better, much more diverse. Uh, They're doing really good. It's becoming what they wanted it to be. And uh, they've been working very hard on it. They've gotten a little bit more transparent. That was another problem back then is that they wouldn't tell us anything. Wouldn't tell us if they were working on it, if they even knew about the problem, anything like that back then. They've gotten much more transparent about it. They've been working really hard. The station is back to uh, the greatness that I think it was when we first started. Like, I was begging them, just roll it back. Roll it back to the old system. It had problems, but it was much better than this. But yeah. now they're getting there. They're doing a real good job. They've been working very hard. So I'm, I'm proud to say that we're going to stick around Live 365 and uh, grow our radio station in other ways, which, uh, you know, again, something we'll talk about in the future. So that's what I love right now. Live 365. <laughs> Keep earning my love, company. <laughs> <laughs> Because it's that or we just quit. And I don't want to quit because I really like it. <sighs> Let's close out our show with the Bible verse for the day. Bible verse for the day comes from John eight twelve. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Thank you for joining us. There's a back row morning show every weekday at 8 a.m. and again at 10 a.m. Eastern time. Mo and I bring you the morning side hug most of the week. And Bubba and Anna bring you church nerds every Friday. 
Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Back Row Radio and join our laughter-inducing Facebook community, Back Row Baptist Church, by going to backrowbaptist.com. If you miss a morning show, you can subscribe to the podcast version of The Morning Side Hug on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and most podcast apps and catch up on our new Monday through Wednesday shows. We've been teasing some big changes in the works. Next week, we'll give you some of the details on what that entails. But we're just over a month away from the full reveal. We're excited, and we hope you will be, too. That is it for the show. We will have a new Best Of episode for you tomorrow, and then we'll be back Monday with new shows. We hope you will, too. Once again, I'm Matt. And I'm Mo. Remember that Jesus loves you. Green bean candy corn is exactly what you'd expect from 2020. And if you see us around, we'd love the side talk. Bye.